Hello again. Welcome to Tea and Pepper Soup. My name is Moyasu Banyakista. And here at Tea and Pepper Soup is where I have intimate conversations about social impact and entrepreneurship through the lens of faith, self-care, and wellness. In episode two, I focus on the next half of the lessons I have learned over the 34 years of my life, looking at things through the lens of self-care and personal nurturing, as well as business and career. So in this next episode, I'll be sharing some of my lessons in those arenas. Here we go. So I want to start with self-care and personal nurturing and some of the lessons I've learned, and then I will end with business. The first is, under self-care and personal nurturing is, if you need to go quiet for people to know you are not part of their circuit, do that. As we start off the new year, I always think it's really important to take an inventory of the people around you and to really make sure that you have people who are rooting for your win. And this extends across the board, not just in friendships, but also in families, right? I think it's really important to do that. And sometimes in order to get your point across, you may have to just be a bit quiet in your space, right? And when I'm speaking of quiet in your space, I'm not speaking of silent treatment. I'm just speaking of a way for you to conserve your energy. So you may very well still communicate to the individuals who maybe are causing you any type of stress or anxiety and just say, you know, listen, I need some time to just get things together on my end or you're not really feeding um, to part of my growth as a person and I need to take a step and, and really be in my nurturing space. Retaining emotional space is so important, and at times, this may involve being selfish when we need to be. You know, lately, when people start going crazy around me in different ways, or sometimes people will throw guilt at me for not showing up for them in their own self-perceived ways, I just have to tell them I need a minute. (laughs) Um, And that's because... One, I want to really be intentional on how I respond to you, but also I need to go internally and process what has just happened. The second lesson I've learned is your friendships are not static, and I think your relationships are not static, if I should say. Life changes, and so do you, and so do the people we call friends, you know, business partners, whatever right? And that's okay. And so long as you're open to the growth on both ends for yourself and the people around you, then you can really move forward. The third piece of advice, I guess, lessons learned around self-care is get really comfortable with the fact that not everyone is going to be really happy for you as you progress in life. I think we spend a lot of time worrying about people's opinions and how people are feeling and we waste so much time on that. We have to realize that everyone has their own journey that they're going through 
And at different points in time, people process things the way they do. And it has absolutely nothing to do with your journey. So I say this because sometimes you may, I think I saw a meme somewhere that says, pay attention to how people react when you share your good news. Sometimes, you know, I've had experiences where I've shared good news with people who are around me in my close spaces and just in other spaces. And the reaction hasn't been pleasant. It's either been quiet or ignoring and things like that. And I don't know, you know, it's not my job to figure out. And this is something that took me a while to, and I still process it, right? It's not my job to figure out how people are processing things, especially if they don't talk to me about it. But it is my job to um, understand that that is something that is negative and doesn't need to be in my space. And getting comfortable with that is also important, that not everybody is on the same wavelength as you with your dreams, with your aspirations, with everything. And I think that's critical. The fourth is don't listen to what people think of who you are. Yeah, be very careful of who you allow to define you. The only person that should be defining you is God. And so you create the best version of yourself based on what God has called you to do. If God has called you to be a builder, Right? I'm just giving an example. If God has called you to be somebody who helps to create things, if God has called you to be somebody who is a giver, then that's who you are and so many other things. But be very careful because those are the, these are the type of things that can really impact us emotionally if we allow it and then drain your energy and your mental health. So these are things I have learned along the way. This is one of my favorite. Um, and it came to my spirit as I was thinking of the kind of the next half of this. When God shows you who a person is, believe him the first time. If someone's vibe doesn't feel right, trust your spirit. Don't overlook it. For whatever reason, whatever they could be going through, that is not your business to figure out. And I say that with the, the most amount of love. But you have to be very radical about your space and who you're allowing in. So I know, I know, like, I think Maya Angelou was the one who coined the, the term, when people show you who they are. No. From the faith perspective... When God shows you who people are, believe him the first time. Like, God doesn't make mistakes. And this has caused me a lot of damage personally that I've had to do a lot of healing for because I didn't take the opportunity to really see the person for who God was showing me to be, the different people. And so that has really... So I pray about everybody now in my space. I ask God to show me people and things like that. If I don't get a good vibe from you in my spirit, it means that my spirit is being alert. And um, so I would tell people, you know, I don't have to show up to your party just because you invite me, right? You don't have to show up to everyone's party because they invite you. And I, when I say party, I mean life. 
um, if your spirit isn't right about something, it's not right about something. And you don't have to justify it. And I think I've learned that over the years. And still learning. Um, number six is create. Create when your creative juices come on. So for me as a creative, that really feeds my spirit. It feeds my soul. You know, and I'm learning that as much as I am planful, sometimes God will just wake me up and say, let's work. And I just have to do it. And it feeds my spirit. Because I always tell people, God is a creative. So everything he creates has the spirit of creativity about how you tap into it. And that in itself is a form of self-care. Some of the best work I have put out has been when I listen to my creative flow. So really try to find what that creative flow is. And when it comes on and just flow with it the seventh one I have around self-care and wellness is clear your digital and offline spaces often as somebody who I would say spends at least 30 40 percent of my time and work in the digital space and offline I'm learning that sometimes you have to do self inventory even online to know who is in your corner and who isn't. And it's not a matter of like being weird or narcissist about it. I just think that you have to take ownership of your spaces and allow who you want, right? And so if you got to delete some people on Facebook, if you got to unfollow some people, if you need to block some people, you do what you need to do. And the same manifests in real life. Because the energy that is coming in to you and the energy you're putting out, you're responsible for that. So you have to find ways to do that. So that's one of the things I've learned. So I literally will go through quarterly cleaning sessions where I'll be like, mm, is this person serving anything in my life? Like, then nah, you, you don't need to be sitting in my space and not really contributing anything and just sitting there just to say you're there. No. Because I'm also somebody who I don't care about. I would say to you, I don't care about quantity. I care about the quality of my relationship. So the same thing permeates online. If I have two or three really good friends, I'm good. If I have like really solid core family members who are rooting for me, I'm good. Um, same thing online. Like I don't need 50,000 followers to validate who I am. I don't need... X amount of friends to prove that I have this value that's not where I get my value from as I said in the original um, um, episode the first episode my value is from the source being God the last um, piece of advice I have over under on the self-care and wellness is sometimes closure is made up sometimes you just need to move the hell on and I have to say it like that because I think sometimes we create things we make. My grandma used to say, life is, is too short. Don't complicate it for yourself. This concept of closure, I think I saw it online. Somebody posted about this idea of closure. But then it, I went a step further. And I said, I was speaking to a friend of mine the other day. I said, it's, it's, it's rubbish. It's nonsense. Because one, it's like, why do you really feel like you need closure? Two, if the person really cared about your emotional well-being, they would understand that you needed it. So, 
be mindful of this concept of closure because it can make you actually drag out your healing process and stall it much longer than it could potentially need to be stalled. That's just my opinion. There's some people who really feel like they need to sit and have these conversations with people who have hurt them. But for me, I just don't, I just don't understand what that could potentially do. And that's how, that's come with my own lessons that I've learned because I'll have the conversation, but it doesn't mean the person is changing. It may make me feel better for like the one hour that I have the conversation, but what has it really added to my life? I also think it's because I'm in the the place in my life where I'm very intolerant of certain things and time wasting is one of those things. Okay, so let's move on to business and career. Some of the things I've learned. Um, the first thing is you can always ask for more. And when I'm speaking of this, I'm speaking more in the terms of negotiating your value for your services that you provide, for your products that you sell, etc. Right? I've seen this in my work, in my consultancy work um, with opportunities on the continent, that when I actually have the bravery and the courage to ask for what I need, somehow God makes it happen. And then I always say to myself, I could have asked for more this whole time. So really think of your value and what you bring to the table and don't be afraid to always ask for more. Start small with a big vision. This is the second and one advice. Start small with a big vision. I'm one of those people I believe you can have a huge vision, but you got to start small and just watch things grow. I also don't like to be overwhelmed by too many pro projects because I, I also am always somebody who starts things usually either on my own or with somebody and then they end up kind of transitioning to something else, etc., etc. So I'm very big on building timely in a timely fashion. So in, in um, 2018, I officially launched WCA Creatives, which is my creative communications firm that provides branding services um, for startup companies owned by African women. And it's it's in a sense, when I started, I had a committed amount of clients I wanted to work with because I wanted to start small, but I have a big vision for the company, right? But it had to start. And this really company stemmed from my work with my other brand, Women Change Africa, which I see as a sister brand, really. You know, I really realized that there was a void. I was telling women stories. But I also realized that women actually needed the tools as well to tell their own stories. And this is how WCA Creative came about. The third piece of advice I have is have a roadmap for where you're going. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm a planner, but I plan in very creative ways. I use markers. I use vision boards. I draw things. I'm learning it at the same time. You have to be flexible with your plans, but it's important to have a roadmap and commit your vision to God and make sure that it's aligned, right? I always say God is the master planner, but you got to have your plans because the Bible tells us that if you commit your plans, God will establish them. So God is expecting us to do some type of planning. Um, and so I have a personal operating system that has just somehow worked for me. I tweak it every now and then, but 
I go, I plan things by quarter, you know, and I just review at the end of each quarter to see how I'm doing. And I try not to beat myself up along the way. The fourth piece of advice is just start. Don't delay on, on that idea. Don't delay on that project. Sometimes it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, perfection paralysis is real. Sometimes you just got to throw it out there. I remember in 2012, I always tell the story. My girlfriend said to me, I told her the idea of Women Change Africa. She was like, just start, girl. It sounds like the space is really needed. And I did. And six years later, you know, we've grown so much. We've impacted so much. We've had so many amazing partnerships. We've traveled and done so much amazing work. We launched our first event in Sierra Leone last year. I mean, it's just amazing to see how the company has grown. The fifth piece of advice is be consistent all the time. If you say something, do something. If you commit to something, do it. Don't flake out. Very important in business. I see so many young creative, so many young social entrepreneurs trying to do some amazing things but are just not consistent. And I have to call people out because people will come to me with an idea and say, hey, Moyasa, I have this great idea. What do you think? And I'll be like, all right, get me a proposal i'll look over it sometimes i you know i'm i can be very generous sometimes and i'll say oh i'll review something for you maybe like four months later you don't hear anything from them how do you expect people to take you serious be consistent consistency will get you farther than anything else promise you that i've seen that in my work with the girls in sierra leone our consistency as a team as a full volunteer team has really, really helped the work take off in ways that are just unimaginable. Um, the seventh is you are always learning. Be comfortable in knowing that it is okay to be wrong and take ownership of your faults. Sometimes ego will make us think that we don't need anyone. Or sometimes people struggle with constructive criticism. They take it as a personal attack. And every time you take constructive criticism as a personal attack, you do your learning a disservice. One of the things the Bible talks a lot about is humility. Humble yourself and before the Lord and he will lift you up. The more you are humble, the more you learn. Yes. So I've learned this a lot because, and I try to really push myself to put people on my team who don't think like me, who challenge me in ways that I could never imagine. And that has pushed me to grow because it allows me not to sit in my comfort zone. It allows me not to think I know it all. And it allows me to always push myself to learn more. So when somebody gives you critical, constructive criticism, take it. It's a gift. I remember when I was in Uganda, in 2015, I was selected uh, out of, I think, 200 applicants for the first ever African Women's Writers Workshop. And if you know anything about writing is that you have to be really comfortable with criticism as a writer because your writing has to go through feedback before it's submitted through editing. So I remember we had open readings and people were getting up there. And every time people would get up there, when they were given feedback, you know, it was within the group. You know, people were either, you know, I was one of them, you know, like I would say things like, oh, maybe if I, if I would have done it this way. I remember one of the sisters, I never forget this. She said, you know, sisters, 
take feedback as a gift you know you don't have to respond when somebody gives you just say hmm thank you for that it's different if you don't understand right so sometimes i'll say can you explain that further to me so i can really understand what you're saying because i really want to be able to see how i can incorporate it into my work yeah so with business it's always about learning we're always learning we're always growing business you know is always about figuring out okay how to tweak something and make it better or like you know do I need to tweak my model? Do I, right? There's so much that goes into business that if you don't have the, 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 the kind of I um, intention of learning, you can really miss a lot. You can really miss a lot. And I see it a lot in my work. And I've had to learn the hard way. I've had to really learn the hard way. Because sometimes people will say to me, well, what do you need? Or... You know, this is how I think we should do this. I don't think this is working. And I'll say, well, this is how it's always worked. And that's cost me a lot of things, you know. So now I'm learning to, I mean, when you have a solid team that everybody doesn't think like you, but everybody's super smart and really knows different areas of the work, it's good. It humbles you because it makes you want to learn more. It makes you want to grow. It makes you want to thrive. It makes you always be in learning mode. As a business owner, and I'm spending a lot of time on this point, but try to always be in learning mode, you know? The next piece of advice I have is just because it didn't work out the first time doesn't mean it won't work the next time. This goes along the lines of being persistent. When you know what you want, when you have a vision for it, and either there's a market for it, you just got to keep pushing. You can get so many no's, but if you listen to the no's, you'll never get to the yes. You just have to listen to the no and say, okay, that's a no, but it's not necessarily a reflection of my business. It's not necessarily, right? It's just means that maybe I need to try another route. I need to try another space, right? So that is my other advice is that, be persistent. Just because it didn't work the first time doesn't mean it won't work the next time or the next time after that or the next time after that. So there's a certain type of principle. There's a um, really famous writer that calls it grit and it's this idea of, you know, passion, perseverance and just kind of pushing, right? And not giving up, you know, not giving up. If something doesn't work out the first time, Find out why it didn't work. I remember the very first time I was going to launch um, Giselle was in America. I was going to launch it as something completely different, but the same program model. It was for immigrant African girls, et cetera, et cetera. At the time, the region, the location, everything. We had flyers, everything. People were so excited. And when the time came for the African application to come in, we got nothing. We got nothing. And I was so bummed. I was so down. And then one day in like prayer time, when I say down, I was down for like three, four days. This is in my younger 20s, you know, like taking failure really hard kind of thing. And um, it was the best thing that happened to me because in that moment, you know, God was speaking to me. He's like, what if there's another place that needs this right now? And it just changed everything for me. And because of that, I was able to look into other communities and then I realized why not Sierra Leone 
why not? So I started to learn about the lay of the land. I started to learn, right? Going back to this concept of you always learning. I started to learn about how programs function in Sierra Leone, how youth programs function with African immigrants in, in the U.S. And given my time and serving, and that's how I was really able to, you know, finally launch um, Giselle with my co-founder. The next piece of advice is work with people, but stick to your vision. Partnership is important and very much so it's relevant. It's one of the coolest things you can do if, the, if there's a, a good match and there's a good fit. However, there's a vision that you have, especially if you're the vision carrier and you're bringing partners on. There has to be a certain level of understanding that this is a vision and the partners are going with it and are supporting that vision. It's different when you join somebody else's vision and you're supporting them to push. But for me, in various areas of my life, I'm usually the visionaire and partners come on. And I've had to really learn to stay focused and say, you know, this is the vision, but still be open to general, specific feedback so long as it's vision aligned. And I think how you do that is to have initial conversations with the people who you're trying to bring on to your vision and making sure that they're aligned with the original vision that God has blessed you with. And if they're not, it's fine. It's just not the right partnership. Yeah, that was something I had to learn. Over the last, I want to say, three, four years, I've had to learn that lesson. The next piece of advice is if you are at the table, it means you need to be there. Don't doubt yourself. I work with a lot of women who own businesses, and one of the things I notice a lot is lack of confidence. Um, women are some of the most amazing entrepreneurs, honestly. But sometimes it's like we doubt ourselves so much. We second-guess ourselves so much. Sometimes we're in the most amazing spaces, doing the most amazing things, but we still doubt it. And so remember this. Even if you don't feel like you need, you're supposed to be there, give yourself that pep talk. Think about all the amazing things God has allowed you to accomplish through this business. And you have a story. So long as you're at the table, that means your story is valued. I've been in so many events sometimes where I'm like, eek, well, what am I going to talk about here? And in retrospect, when I think about it, people react the most to me being my most authentic self. And not being worried and creating these like grandiose stories about what you're doing. Just talk about who you are and the light that you bring to the world in different ways. And over the years, I've really gotten really comfortable with who I am and where I'm at in my journey. And not comparing myself to anyone else in my journey. And that has really helped me when I enter into spaces that I'm either invited to speak, invited to sit in as a member, as an attendee etc. Knowing that I have a gift. I have a call. God has blessed me to do some amazing things for his kingdom here on earth. So I shouldn't be worried about how others view it, how others see it, how others perceive it. The second to last advice and lesson that I've learned is invite others to the table but pray a lot first before you open doors to people. And I mean that in the most loving way possible. 
from the lens of faith it's important you will be a blessing to many people and it's important that when god blesses you you bless people back and that's always been my mo and i try my best when i'm in certain spaces to open the door for others to come in but my spirit has to feel right about it um when i don't listen to my spirit is when i end up with disappointment i end up with heartbreak i end up with betrayals i end up with backbiting um so i've learned along those lines of the importance of that and also that you know this is a space that you are a part of so you putting your name on something for someone to come into things you have to be 100% sure of that person's spirit and that person's intentions so that's another thing i've learned over the years is to be more prayerful about who i bring to my tables and last but not least is even in business even in business even in business you can say no even in business you can say no if a client doesn't feel right you don't have to explain anything you just tell them sorry we can't take you at this time instead of bringing a client on and it becoming something that you never intended for it to happen a nightmare you know right and also even within a client relationship you have the freedom to let go of clients of partners of people who may not necessarily be a good fit to what you're doing so i hope you all enjoyed the second episode of tea and pepper soup where i've been sharing my 34 lessons for 34 years um you know what i plan and hope to do is to dig deeper this year on some of these because folks have been sending um, messages and thank y'all for the love y'all shared on the first episode really appreciate it you know i've gotten to the point in my life where i'm not afraid to be who i was called to be and because of that it allows me courage and braveness in a way that i've never experienced before especially at this point in my life this podcast is really a way for me to serve and to give back what i am learning along my journey as an extension of myself and so honestly it feels so good to talk to you all whoever it is that gets to listen to this i pray you're blessed this year i pray that you come along this journey and you learn so much i pray that god pours into you and blesses you and unlocks your destiny and your potential and your purpose in a way that you've never experienced before i pray that as you take your next step through this year that god will ordain your steps that god will order your steps that god will 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 direct your vision i pray that god will bring the right people to you your destiny helpers i pray that he will perfect everything concerning your life i pray that he will do a new thing in your life 
Um, and I pray that everything you are believing God for this year will manifest by the grace of God. So thank you all for listening to episode two and see y'all very soon. Bye.